Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode here of Africans Talk Football TV. Joined again by my lovely hosts, Gabriel Salam and Mike. And we actually have another Mike on with us here today. We'll get that into that in a little moment. But how's everyone feeling tonight, honestly? Oh, good, man. Salam, uh, big, mon- big Monday for you. So, you know, we'll yeah, get into that a little bit a later. Big Monday, but... you know, Man United got the dub today. <laughs> We'll get into that a little bit later, but first and foremost, we want to introduce our guest here, Michael Parkhurst, um, former MLS player, former U.S. national team player, um, former Champions League player. You know, his resume is actually huge. Um, I want to hand it off to Salam. Salam, you reached out and you guys have been in contact, so I'll let, you know, hand it over to you. Yeah, uh, again, Michael, thank you again for hopping on, man. We really appreciate your time. Um you know, we're very privileged to be talking to someone with such a decorated career. I mean, individually uh, and as, you know, a part of the team, you know, you've accomplished a lot and, you know, you've uh, you've made us, you know, American uh, football fans, you know, very proud. So, um, yeah, man. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate just- it. No, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, the game, game of football is good to me. I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I'm still part of it, but you know, playing aspect was very good to me. Got to travel the world and have some awesome experiences and playing some big games and things like that. But, uh, yeah, so I, I always love talking footy. So it's, it's good to be here. Good, man. Um, so I just wanted to start off uh, just like early on. Um, you went to Wake Forest, um, played two years there from 02 to 04, um, and then got drafted by the Revolution, selected ninth overall. Uh, in the first round in 2005 uh, to the revolution. Um, so talk, talk to us about like that transition from college to the pros. Like what was that transition like? And, you know, when did you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I belong, I'm ready. Like, you know, I can play at this level. Yeah. Those transitions are difficult. Right. And I, I do some mentoring right now. And it's one of the things I've talked to a lot of my mentees about is, you know, a lot of guys that have success are usually one of the better players on their team growing up, right? And then all of a sudden you get to high school and you play against kids that are older and you might not be starter anymore. And then you get to college if you're lucky enough and you might not be a starter. You might not even play much your first year or two. Um, and then, you know, each step is just uh, bigger and bigger. And the step between college and pro was was pretty big. Uh you know, I went to a great school at Wake Forest, and we, we, we had a very good team and played in a good conference and everything. But even the step from there to professional uh, was, was pretty large. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I landed in a, a really, really good spot because uh, I, I was just surrounded by very, very good teammates. Um, and, and that really helped me my first year. You know, I, they weren't expecting me to play uh, right away, but the center back that was in front of me, uh, retired in preseason, and then they they brought in about five center backs on trial my my rookie year, and uh, just you know by my luck and you know how I was playing, I guess um, none of them happened to be better than me, and, and so I think they were kind of stuck with me on day one, and they weren't sure how I was going to do, um, you know, but it worked out. Um, but I mean that being said no trajectory is just perfectly linear up right I mean I had some bad games I had some learning experiences and and cost the team some wins for sure throughout my time but 
you know, you learn from those games and you try and just get more consistent as time goes on. And, you know, I was able to do that. Nice. I, Oh, sorry, so not to cut you off, but no, I, I kind of wanted to dig a little bit deeper because so I, I was born in 1995. Right. And MLS started in, I believe, like 93, 94. So you went to Wake, Wake Forest in 02. So you grew up kind of when the MLS was growing up. You know, you guys kind of were playing football and growing at the same time. So I kind of want to figure out, you know, you're from the East Coast. What was the soccer scene? What was the football scene like? you know, in grade school and high school. And then, you know, when you're getting to that high school college step, what was the MLS looking like? Did you even have aspirations of going straight to the MLS? Like how was that whole ordeal? Cause you guys were kind of growing at the same time. Yeah, definitely. You guys are young. Uh, I'm an <laughs> old man here. Um, it, was different back then. it was different back then. I remember when I was like 10, you know, and it was just a little kid dreaming. And uh, MLS didn't even exist yet. And I remember thinking, you know, as any kid does, they're dreaming that they're going to be a professional one day. And I was thinking, man, I don't know if I want to continue to play soccer because I can't play professionally here in the U.S. I'd have to go over and play somewhere else. And because I, I loved baseball growing up, too. And I was like, oh, man, I, maybe I should just choose baseball, um, you know. And then the revolution came around and, and that was the MLS started and the Revs were my home team. And uh, that was when I was about 13 uh so started going to those games and, and then you know just you know the dream you know gets to be more real uh when you've got a team to support in a, in a league here in the home country so um yeah but it was i mean games weren't on tv like they are now like even you know you had champions league on but other than that it was like your saturday morning it wasn't like a lineup full of games yeah. like it is today yeah um i mean i was a manchester united fan simply because there, there was no other team on TV, basically. <laughs> oh, it was no. like, it was oh, all no. man you. Uh, um, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, when people ask me, like, who I support these days, like, I, I don't even have a team in Europe just because <laughs> I was, I was honestly watching more baseball than I was soccer back then, just because that was, that was, uh, that was on TV. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, younger, younger generations uh, are very fortunate because soccer has come a long way. I mean, when I was growing up, it was just mom and dad coaching. It was, if not my mom or dad, it was somebody else's mom and dad who didn't know soccer, you know, and it's just, mm -hmm. you just kind of got out there and w just wing it, you know, just go out there and play, you know, we didn't learn any tactics. It, didn't, it was just go out there and play and have fun. And, you know, there's something to that actually um, that's probably missed a little bit where it's, you know, now it's so organized that you miss a little yeah. bit of that freestyle and just go out yeah. there and kick, kick it around with the buddies. Yeah. Nice. So, you, so then that jump to college where you, you know, you get a team in your backyard, you start going to games, you're 13, 14, you know, you're a junior, senior in high school. Um, was college like something you knew you wanted to do when you got to high school? Uh, yeah, it was, it was the next step. It was not similarly. It wasn't like today where going pro out of high school is like a realistic option. You know, there, there were a few guys who were doing it, but they were like, you know, high end national team, young players. Okay. Um, so for me, it was definitely always see if I could take the next step and the next step for sure would have been college. So, um, you know, but I went into high school, like a hundred pounds soaking wet. So, <laughs> you know, I had a lot of growing and maturing to do. Um, and even when I got stepped on college, I was maybe 140 pounds, you know, and so I was always, you know, small frame and, you know, had a late developer. So, but yeah, that was, that was always the plan to go to college and see what, see what happened there. So when you, um, 
it's kind of crazy. So when you went to uh, when you went to Wake Forest, um, your coach Jay Vidovich, um, he took over Pitt, and the year he took over Pitt was actually my first year in college, um, at Cleveland State. So kind of you know going into college, I kind of want to know from your perspective, you know, you know you're uh, you won the national championship with um, Coach Vidovich, I believe, you know, kind of how was he as a coach but then also how was that transition you know because you came to college you know a little bit smaller of course and then kind of making that transition to you know actually playing and then now, now winning a national championship you know how was he as a coach and then how was that entire experience yeah jay was awesome uh he was a really good coach and and, yeah. and just a, re a really good human being as well um you know he cared about us we had a, a it was a family there at wake we had um just a good group of dudes that we hung out with all the time and uh, we just enjoyed battling at practice. Like we had a, a good enough team where like that, you know, first team, second team games, they were heated. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. You know, sometimes you get on game day and you're like, oh man, this is easy. Like the second yes, team, know, just, you know, yeah. kicked our butts yesterday. <laughs> um, so no, it was awesome. Uh, I learned a lot and, and, you know, I'm thankful he gave me a chance, you know, as a small young freshman, uh, you know, playing for a good team uh, to play right away. And, uh, yeah, we just – we kept getting better and better. And, uh, yeah, we had some success there. And, you know, I'm glad that Jay's having success there at Pittsburgh too because um, I know he was disappointed. He tried to, you know, go the pro route and see how it would go. And uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, then he takes over Pitt and immediately brings him into the top 25, top 10. Yes, so yes. – uh, and I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised either, man. I mean – I played I played from at Cleveland State from 2016 to 2020, and I mean, so I, as freshman year, I, I'm watch I'm going against Pitt, you know, at home, and his teams are always organized. As soon as he took over, you know, the instant impact, um, you know, you kind of heard his name when he first took over. It was like, oh no, he came to Pitt. He's, you know, he's here and he's gonna make a difference. And then, remember, I think I we played him like 2018, and oh my goodness, team was amazing i think they were like top 25 at that point and then again the red card you know i got a guy red card and you know we ended up beating him but hey man there we go you <laughs> know he's a great coach he's a great coach um but yeah yeah man. so kind of you know kind of going from you know i guess college to now you're making that jump to the pros you know like you, you say it was a it was a tough battle but kind of for you know the fans listening and you know just young footballers out there you know like how how tough really is it you know what was the transition because you went from a, a very very good program over here and then you went to overseas and now it's you kind of you kind of feel like you're at square one again you know kind of like a freshman in college again yeah definitely and you know it's it's a challenge because in these pro locker rooms you, you want to be a team and you have to be a team and be united in that front but at the same time you know at, at 30 year olds on the team don't want to lose a starting position to a 20 year old newcomer. Um, you know, that's just a fact, right? I mean, these guys have families and, you know, they're not starting, they're not making as much money and it, you know, it's, it's a real deal here. Um, so the competition within the team is, is much different. Um, the relationships are a little bit different, you know, than college guys. Um, you know, it's just different as a 20 year old to connect with, 35 year olds and, and you know guys going home to kids and things like that right it's just different um you know so getting used to that um and the intensity of training um you know I, I still remember like one of my first days the passing drills 
you know, and, and we used to do passing drills every day, right? Some basic stuff. And these guys were absolutely crushing the ball <laughs> at, at each other, you know, and, and you're expected to, to, oh my God. Popping that ball. <laughs> you know the sound. Pinging it. Pinging it. They were. And I just remember thinking, holy smokes. Like they just, and, and of course, I think as a rookie, they're hitting it even harder at you, you know, just mm-hmm. testing you out. Um, but that was a good wake up call. But the speed of play is just so different uh, once you get to that level. Um, you guys are thinking ahead. They're knowing what they're doing with the ball before it comes. You know, everybody's um, more, you know, faster and physical. And, you know, it's the, the best of the college players. Um, so it, it took some adjustment period for me, for sure. But like I said earlier, I was I was in probably the most talented locker room in the in MLS. So I was very fortunate. Hmm. So you were drafted in 05 and then won rookie of the year in 05 as well. <laughs> so I, I I would say you adjusted well to, <laughs> uh, to the league. Um, but then in 08, you go to Denmark. And for me, um, you were one of many American players that I, like started to go over to you. Pioneer. Facts. Man, like Facts. it wasn't Pioneer. as common. We did have like some players over in Europe, but um, I felt like around that time was when really, you know, Americans really started to take that chance and go overseas and see what they could make out of it. Um, what was your experience like in Denmark um, and kind of what was that adjustment like? Yeah, uh, another tough adjustment. Um, you know, I was at a point in my career where I could have stayed at the revolution, you know, but I just wanted to challenge myself and just see, you know, could I make it? Um, can I have success over there? Will I enjoy it? Um, and just get the experience of living over in Europe, um, just something different. And um, I, I'm so glad I went uh, because it ended up being such an awesome, awesome experience. But it was tough at first. I mean, I joined mid-season. You know, the MLS season ended end of the calendar year. So I joined Denmark in January, you know, and, and they're on the European calendar. So it's mid-season. We're fighting relegation, uh, which obviously I've never been through before. And as a defender, you're thinking, holy smokes, like every mistake is in the back of the net. Every mm-hmm. goal is a lost point, And every point is so vital. Um, you know, and I went to Denmark, right? And it's not like, you know, I made the jump to the Premier League or Bundesliga right away or something like that. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, it's, it's a parallel step. And uh, it probably is, right? And but um, it was a good parallel step for me. It was a good experience, and uh, uh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't at the level of Bundesliga or Premier League or anything like that. Um, you know, I needed that time, and uh, it, it was such an awesome experience because I learned so much. The current coach of the Danish national team, and uh, anyone that's following international football knows the success that they're having as a country. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. He, he was my coach in Denmark at the club level. And he was so good to work under. Wow. He was fantastic. I learned so much uh, as, a, as a pro under him. Uh, so just, yeah, I really, really enjoyed my time there. But it wasn't easy. You know, I, I didn't have success right away. I was kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, they wanted to play me an outside back. I fought it because I was like, no, nah, I'm center back. <laughs> um, you know, just looking back, it was, you know, silly of me. Um, you know, because I think second second year third year there i ended up playing right back and you know it brought me back to the national team i had a lot of success with it that's where i played in champions league so um yeah it was, it was an awesome experience overall 
So, uh, talk a little bit about how the uh, the move to Denmark even came about. Because uh, the reason why I'm asking that is U.S. soccer did not have that much exposure mm-hmm. during that time. So, like, how how did the move come about? Did they uh, did, did they hear about you? Like, I, I want to know how the move came about. Yeah. Did you have like other options to you know maybe pick a different team? It was. So a, how how did you question. settle on that team? Yeah. Um, you know, I was honestly surprised at my lack of options. Um, my agent was saying, you know, you can go on trial here, you can go on trial there. And I'm like, I don't want to go on trial. I don't want a contract. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, a former player, Heath Pierce, who played on the national team a little bit as well. He actually played at the same club in Denmark previously. He had moved on. Um, but we shared an agent. So my agent kind of knew of this club already. Um, and they were the only one willing to give me a contract without having to go on trial um, because my agent had worked with them previously. Okay. Yeah. So small, small world within the agents, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Shout out Heath Pierce too. (laughs) Yeah, for Um, sure. mm -hmm. I ended up staying at the same apartment he lived in. Uh, Yeah. He hooked it up. Definitely. He did. He did. Okay, so in Denmark, you go ahead and you win the Danish Cup twice. Win the right. league. I want, yeah, I want as a right back. I want to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. That's what I want to talk about. So, yeah, like talk about winning the Danish Cup. How does that feel like? Because that was the first time. First time in history, yeah. right? And, and, and yeah, this is a legend yeah. right here I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, we, the, the club I went to is a very small club. It was in a small town and – uh you know, we ha- hadn't had much success. It was, it's a club that really develops a lot of young talent. Um, yeah. So they play a lot of young players uh, and then just move them on. Um, so they're constantly fighting relegation before I got there. And, but then they had a kind of a shift when they brought me in. They brought in a few other veteran guys. We had a, a, a very good team, obviously, with some younger, talented guys as well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We just had success in, in the cup. You know, we took it real serious. And, that's always a, a tough one, right? How, do you play your yeah. starters at the early stages? You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a little difficult, especially for a small club, right? Because you have yeah. to put so much energy and focus on the league so you don't get relegated. But uh, we just, I don't know, always found a way in, in the cup in, in two years in a row. I mean, we didn't lose a game in the cup. And uh, th- that was, wow. I think that yeah, really helped us make the run that we did in, in the league because it gave us the confidence as a small club to say, you know what, we can do it, um, you know, it's it's possible and then the run that we went on in the league i equate mm-hmm. it to like uh leicester city's run oh, okay you know, it's a, a small okay. club that you know had a little bit of success um but just had a magical season right that one magical season where everything goes right the top top guys just you know keep losing points here and there and you know you just all of a sudden you pull it out on, on the last day of the season and uh <laughs> it happened to be the first time in Danish history that the winner of the league qualified automatically for the group stage. Champions oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we were the beneficiaries of that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, t- I want to talk about that a little bit because I-, I actually went back and I looked at um, the-, the teams in the-, in the group stage, and you guys had uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, I think, mm-hmm. um, boys. from Ukraine. And you the had, boys. Uh, you had Juventus in your group, and you had Chelsea. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, you know, kind of take us through that, you know, like a Champions League match, you know, I mean, you guys see looking at guys like Hazard and Oscar and that at that moment, you know, like take, take us through that time. Yeah, that was it was it was a crazy feeling because at one one hand, you're like so excited for the opportunity. Right. This is amazing. You know, everybody dreams of it. You hear the music. You're like, can't wait. And on the other hand, you're like, holy shit, we're playing against Juve and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a legit chance we might lose 10-0 here and embarrass ourselves. Um, right? Because it's such a small club. Um, you know, and, and we started off with Shakhtar away. And, you know, Shakhtar is such a big club. They had so many yeah, Brazilians on their team. It's such a good team. Um, and we lost that first game 2-0 away. Um, but we played really well, um, you know, and, and I, I was playing right back against William, you know, yeah. so it was like Ooh. straight into the fire uh, <laughs> playing against William. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's just everything you dreamed of, like, you know, hearing the music and the chills and, and the team playing really well, even though we lost uh, and the home games. I mean, those were I'll never forget those games. They were just so awesome. And what an experience, even even though we only took one point. I mean, I think it was the group of death because those three teams are so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got um, booted to Europa that year. Yeah. <laughs> like away goals or something. That's After what, that's we won the Champions Pog- League the year before. So no, I was man, like, what's going on? That that's when Pogba started balling for Juve. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's when Pogba went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they smacked us at, at Juve. We lost 4 0. At Chelsea, we lost 4 0 too. But at Juve, I mean, it could have been seven. so you go so um from osberg you go to columbus and so in 2014 14 i believe yep um you guys mike i was pumped when he he was your hype man when they said michael parker has a chance to come to columbus Columbus, i was like yo this is gonna be crazy uh, <laughs> just a, a player of your caliber to be on our back line. And I mean, at that point in time, like we did, we did need help defensively. So um, yeah, man, it, it was, it was really cool to see you in the black and gold and talk about your time in Columbus and like what that was like. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I moved here knowing nobody. It was like, uh, you know, the, the crew at the time, you know, Chad Marshall was like the, only one that I kind of knew and he got shipped out as soon as I got in um so I, I like showed up on day one I'm like who are all these guys I don't even yeah. know anybody here <laughs> um but we we fell in love with Columbus like off the field my family and I fell in love with it that's why we came that's why we came back and that's where we live today um you know so we love it here um but on the field you know working with Greg was awesome he's such a good coach um so tactically solid um we had such a good style of play and uh he built a good roster and that's why we had two really good seasons under him um and i loved playing under him i loved the style of play it fit me really well playing out of the back my strengths uh you know and so i I really really enjoyed my time i mean that cup loss in in 15 uh, no 16 15 yeah i mean that was one of the toughest games uh, i've ever played in just as far as emotionally uh, it's so yeah. up for the game and just such a killer, obviously, start to the game, um, especially in front of a crowd. That was one of, one of the best I've played in front of in my career. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I, I wanted to finish my career here in Columbus. I, I, that's, you know, we settled down. My, we ex- totally expected that I would play here until my career ended. And then 
you know, Greg and I just didn't see eye to eye on my value and the future. So um, that's why that's why I kind of moved on. And I was really, really upset at the time. Um, you know, I didn't speak with Greg for a while because of it. And then, I mean, I mean, personally, it turned out to be a blessing. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really, really enjoyed my time here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite spot in Columbus? Yeah, we all we're all Ohio boys. Yeah. Um, that, Gabriel and I live good. in Cleveland, but uh, oh, we okay, Columbus a lot. Nice. Uh, yeah, I live up in Westerville, and uh, okay, honestly, I don't get downtown too often. Our our spot is North North Star. Any North Star doesn't matter. Um, okay. That <laughs> okay. that restaurant is our favorite, but um, okay. <laughs> yeah. By the time I was in Columbus, I had kids and uh, wasn't getting out too much. So, okay, okay. <laughs> I, uh, so go ahead. Mike. Talk about uh, leaving Columbus um, mm-hmm. after the uh, MLS Cup loss, and then getting to play the same team once again in the final. How, how did that? <laughs> and winning this time. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was deja vu, right? I mean, we were. It was so similar, right? With Columbus. It was a home game. We were by far the favorite, and we were playing against Portland. And Atlanta was the same thing. We were big-time favorites, playing at home, playing against Portland. And so for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, not again, please. No, like, (laughs) I think think looking back, we were so confident in Columbus going into that game, like so confident. I don't think any of us ever thought that we'd lose that game. And, fans and so, too, bro. Fans too. Look, oh, at, yeah. and we. I thought it was in the bag. I was so excited. You know, and I don't know if that was a detriment so to us. You know, I don't know if maybe that's the reason why. You know, we we gave up those two early goals. I don't know, but you know, for for me in Atlanta, I was you know I made sure that I was like you know do not take this for granted. Um, <laughs> you know, you never know on the day what can happen. Um, you know, that's just, that was that was my fear going into the game. But you know if it helped that we've got the two best players in the league at the time, Joseph uh, and Miguel Almiron. Um, but I mean, that, that crowd that day, like 71,000 or whatever it was, that was the best atmosphere I've ever played in in my Electric. life. Yeah, it was Electric. unbelievable. That, that Atlanta team though, man, was something. Cause I remember that whole year, it was a friend of ours. His name is AB. Shout out AB. I'll be a, but I was telling uh, it'd be like, man, this Atlanta squad is different, man. Like they had, I mean, first of all, you guys had a world-class coach and uh, was it Tata Martino and yep. the way that he, he had you guys playing. And then, like you said, I mean, Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almaron, which Miguel Almaron had quite the, the game. The game this, this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but Brad Guzan and goal, you were on the back line. Darlington Nagby was on that team as well, too. Yeah. Um, man, shout out another Ohio boy. Liberian boy. Liberian boy. You guys had a squad. And Miles Robinson was on that team, too. Yeah, Miles Robinson was on that team. I mean, you guys had – you guys had a crazy squad and it was kind of, it was really cool to see like, um, you know, a, a newly, you know, promoted side and expansion team like Atlanta to win the MLS cup. So um, for sure. No, it was, it was crazy. My time under Tata was insane because I mean, I joined, I, I was with him when I was like, what, 32 or something like that. Uh, so I had seen a lot, um, but I had never played the way that he had us playing in my career. It was unbelievable. 
Like we would just be pressing everywhere. I'd be at the halfway line standing one-on-one with the striker with nobody within like 30 yards of me thinking, <laughs> holy smokes. <laughs> um, you know, it's just so crazy how we played. Um, but, I mean, it was exciting, right? We scored tons of goals. Yeah, uh, and we just got after teams. Um, but the roster was built well, right? We had a ton mm-hmm. of speed, and we just put teams under pressure. Um, but, yeah, it was something different I had never experienced, um, just a new style of play. So that was cool for me, just being an older guy. Like, you know, you, know, you think you've, you know everything or seen everything, mm-hmm. and then it's like, holy, wow, there's a whole different way to play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, kind of talking about styles of football. I mean, over your career – you know, you've played against pretty much every style, you know, playing the Champions League, you know, Juve, Serie A, they play differently, you know, in the EPL, they play differently, you know, the MLS, they play differently. So, um, you know, looking at, you know, so many different styles that you've played against, in your opinion, you know, what's kind of the hardest style that you have played against, um, you know, as a pro? That's a good question. Um, like the style that the Red Bulls play, is probably the most difficult, I think, to play against where they're just full-out press for the entire game. Um, And and they're ruthless with it. Um, You know, so much so where, you know, we here in Columbus, when we went into that game in the semifinals against them uh, to get to the cup, we said, okay, we're not going to play out of the back. Like, forget it. Just (laughs) kick the ball along to Kai Kamara up there and – you know, we'll play up there um, because it's like, you know, that that style of play, you might play through it eight times perfectly, but that one or two times you don't, yeah, they're, they're winning mistake. it. They're winning it 25, 30 yards from your goal and they're getting straight down your throat. Uh, so it was like, you know, it's it's not worth it. That, so that's very difficult. But it's on the on the backside, like on the other, on the flip side, it's a extremely challenging way to play for them. Right. It ex- they exert so much energy, put so much into it and they have to be all together on their press otherwise it just fails um but then again i I played against juventus and it's like they are so difficult to break down right they allow you to have the ball right sit back yeah and it was just like that you think that you've got a little bit of the ball and then you know all of a sudden they 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 have a cue or something and they're just so organized and all of a sudden they're swarming and they're on top of you and they're just impossible to break down. So uh, just two completely different styles of play, but equally difficult to play against. Mm-hmm. So, that's what makes it the beautiful game, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So was so before I just have like a couple of just like little sprays, but playing against that like Chelsea, you know, like was were those were those boys as rough as they say they are? Because I mean, we watch EPL every weekend. I mean. And, that, and this was this was the heyday of Chelsea. This is when we were yeah. Jose Wolf. Yeah, when people ask me, like, who's the toughest person you ever played against? I, I usually say it was Fernando Torres. And wow. I, really? I, had to pl- I played outside back every game in Champions League except, <laughs> except the one game at Chelsea. Uh, our, center, our center back got hurt in warm-up, so I had to play center back. And Torres started up top. That guy was a beast. <laughs> oh my god! So fast, so strong, and so smart. Uh, so yeah, he, he was a nightmare to play against. But 
Like those guys are just built differently. Like when you, you stand there against Lampard and you're thinking like, Oh, Lampard's not that big. And then you get up next to him. He's like six, one looks like he's 190 pounds. And you're like, Holy smoke. <laughs> These EPL guys are just built different. <laughs> Solid. Wow. That's yeah, crazy so, to think about. Yeah, especially as a defender. Somebody might look deceptively small on TV, then you're up against them. And you're like, okay. You know yeah. what's funny to me? He said Torres. And, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah, most people, I mean, most people would be like, oh, Torres at Chelsea, you know, it was a flop. Which, yeah. you know, we can all agree to disagree. But... <laughs> we, we talked about that the other day. That, we talked about his time at Chelsea. Yeah. So that's what makes it so funny that you brought up him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But... I guess I'm thankful Didier Jogba wasn't there. Apparently. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For sure. Um, well, I mean, you also play with the national league team as well, too. You won the Gold Cup. In 07 and 2013, to me, both of those teams were very different. Um, yeah, just in terms of just like the way that you guys well, I mean, the personnel was different, the way that you guys mm-hmm. played was different. Um, what do you think was the biggest difference between those two teams? And if you were to, I guess, give a slight nod to which team was kind of, I guess, better. <laughs> without, without, without necessarily saying the squad was definitely better, <laughs> we're all American here, you know what I'm saying? So it's I got I got love for everybody. It ain't it ain't like that. No, the the, the 2007 team was uh, a real veteran team. Yeah. I only played two group stage games, and then I didn't I didn't even dress for the rest of the games. Um, it was a lot of veteran guys. Um, and, which was awesome. That was my first time with the national team. That was my first cap came in that tournament and my first couple of games. So that was a cool experience for me. Um, and, and I still remember Benny Fellhaber's uh, volley against Mexico. Yeah. I think that was in the semifinal. Maybe that was the final. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Um, and then 2013, I played every game, almost every game. And that was like the, the kind of a B team, if you will, uh, for the national team, because that was on the heels of like a few World Cup qualifying games in the summer. So we, the U.S. sent basically their B team, which was cool for me because I got to play. But uh, we, we had an awesome, that was when I look back on my career, that was one of the funnest tournaments i've ever played in because there was no real egos on the team we all knew kind of we we were the b squad we were fine with that and uh you know we were just out there having a freaking blast with each other and and i mean we played well and and enjoyed it but if those two teams were playing against each other i'm sure the the first team probably (laughs) would have beat us yeah i just i like how the the second team of 2013 i feel like you guys had something to prove um, mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to that first team. And, and I, I, I like seeing you guys, you know, play with that chip on your shoulder and ultimately to get rewarded with the, you know, the prizes, you know, that's everything. So um, definitely. Kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. You guys had that chip on your shoulder, but it was a little more free. I feel like in the way you guys were playing, you guys knew you were the B-side, so you say, and so there were less egos, but it looked like you guys played a lot more free. Versus that 2017, I feel there's like a little bit more pressure maybe because that team was expected to do a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. Just being a, even a younger guy, I was looking at the two teams in 2013. I'm, you know, a senior in high school, so I'm watching you guys play. And it just looked a lot more loose, a lot more fun out there. 
Yeah, I, I'd say you're right. And I'd say the analysis is probably right as far as, you know, we had nothing to lose, right? We were all trying to uh, prove ourselves and trying to get to the first team, um, you know, and just enjoying ourselves out there where those guys, you know, it, and because of that, I think we were expected to win still just because we were U.S. And playing in the Gold Cup, you expect to win. Um, but that that 17 team, I mean, they definitely were expected to win. And there was a lot of pressure in that tournament. And, um, you know, the, the I mean, was, Jurgen was there, right? I mean, he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, so there, there was just a lot going on at that time. Um, yeah. And when a lot goes on, I mean, that pressure, you tighten up a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's – that's when the, the cream rises and, and some guys weren't able to do that. But yeah, no, we enjoyed our time because like I said, there's, there wasn't as much pressure on us. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of, as we wrap up, I know we kind of like, kind of talked about your entire career and I just kind of want to, I guess kind of my, like my final question is, you know, coming from the U S of course, growing up here and then, you know, you go overseas, um, you go play um, in Denmark uh, and then you kind of come back to the U.S. and you have success in Denmark, but you also have a lot of success in the U.S. So did you feel like, you know, coming, you know, as you said, you know, going starting from, you know, college and then going to the pros was a big jump. When you came back from, you know, overseas and coming back to the MLS, did you feel like you, you know, had a, a little bit of an advantage in the MLS and, and when you get, when you came back? Yes, I did. Um, I felt like I had experienced a little bit more um you know and i had played a bunch of national team games at that point and i came into a crew team that was young and um you know i think that you know over over there and just every point seemed to matter more every um tackle seemed to matter more in the games and you know i tried to bring that intensity to training into games and tell these guys like, Hey, every, every play matters within the game and every tackle and every, every run. And, um, you know, just trying to bring that attitude, but, but also enjoy to enjoy it. Right. And not like you only got one career here, um, like play with a smile on your face, you know, like the old school Brazilians and, and enjoy it rather than just, you know, soccer players, as you guys know, have a tendency to just complain all the time um, about anything and everything. And so I always try to, you know, stay on the bright side as, as difficult as that was, as that was sometimes. Um, but no, I, I tried to use that experience, um, you know, when I, when I came back and influenced the locker room a little bit. So, so with the uh, World Cup coming up, um, my question mm. for you is who do you think is the best uh, U.S. international player right now? Oh, that's a good one. Thankfully, it's a tough question. Yeah, um, honestly, <laughs> you know, um, I still think uh, Pulisic is the most talented. He's just in a terrible situation right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully he he gets a solution here in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Because I don't think it's ideal for him to stay at Chelsea leading up to the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I think obviously the Leeds guys are on fire. Um, you know, th mm -hmm. those two guys are critical to the oh, yeah. U.S.'s team's success, you know, especially Adams, but Aronson as well. Um, you know, those guys are, are really good players and they're hungry um, and they're proving themselves well, um, which is awesome to see. Um, but I will say that I think Pulisic is just the most talented player. Okay. 
Yeah, I was about to say you you can ask Cornelius and Mike if they know yeah, Tyler man. Adams hey, and uh, hey. Brandon Harrison. You know. <laughs> yeah, because they put that they, press but, on Mendy. What are we talking about the press? Yeah. <laughs> that press on Mendy. Yeah. But, oh, with no, our I'm not gonna lie, I I was I was skeptical of Aronson, but his first three games he's looking nah, great. Nah, ain't nothing to be skeptical. Lie. He's look he's <laughs> look great. He's looking <laughs> absolutely I'm great. Sold. I'm so I'm he's, sold on him too. I really am. I agree. I agree. I wasn't sure either. You know, he's so slight framed. Mm-hmm. You think, man, how is he going to play as a winger in the EPL against these physical outside backs? But, man, he is doing it. He's um, a pest, too. He's a pest. He's a workhorse. Workhorse just keeps running. He does not stop running. It's crazy. Uh, he, he's perfect under Jesse Marsh. And, and those guys are, you know, I mean, they're great players, don't get me wrong, but they're, it's a little bit of a benefit to have that U.S. coach as well, right, where you, yeah. you automatically don't have to deal with the stigma of, like, you know, an English coach, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. pissing on an American just because he's an American, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, I mean, credit to them for taking advantage of it. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jesse Marsh, he has a good thing going on at Leeds. I think they've fully bought into whatever he's telling them over there, and – I mean, Saturday, I, I was telling uh, my one of my friends, I was upset only because I just felt like we were outplayed. We were just completely outplayed on Saturday. And I can't be upset about it too much because, I mean, the two, you know, mm-hmm. bright spots were the U.S. players. So <laughs> hopefully we see it in the World Cup. You know, hopefully we see it in the World Cup. But how far do you think they're going to go in the World Cup? I mean, and I think we got a good group, right? I mean, that's that's about the best group you could have asked for um, in a World Cup. So it gives us a good chance to get out of the group. Um, you know, even England, I think, you know, as talented as they are, they're they're definitely beatable. Oh yeah. So great group. Don Green. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they play Harry Maguire. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I like our chances to, you know progress i mean mm-hmm. i mean we're the youngest team right and by far yeah. at the world cup so you know i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but you know hopefully we get out of the group get into some knockout rounds you know yeah. maybe make a quarterfinal semifinal, and, and use that experience to then shoot bring almost the same back team back in four more years and, and build on that yeah. um but you know shoot I, I would love to at least get to the quarterfinals that would, that, would, that would be amazing for soccer in this country to get it back up there that, on that stage and get that respect yeah 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 man um lastly i just one final question unless you guys got other questions but um you know looking back at like your journey from where you started i know we talked about this a little bit earlier but how do you see the game now and how do you see the growth of like american soccer the league um, because I mean, like it, it's different from you, from your perspective, it's different from mm-hmm. our perspective as fans. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like I coach youth soccer now and it's funny, like I ask some of these kids about who they watch and everyone's so crazy about like Man City, for example, where like back then, like no one was really a Man City fan, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's interesting to see, like, as time goes on, obviously, you know, football changes, but for you as a professional, as a former player, um, and I know, I think, I believe you're involved in the USL in some capacity as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm helping bring a team to Rhode Island, the USL championship team. Um, so they kick off in 2024. So yeah, that's an exciting oh, project. Congrats, man. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, but I think it's, 
the biggest difference for me is the youth systems, right? We're developing players at a younger age. They're getting better coaching. Like, like I said, I mean, I was half joking, but, you know, when I was growing up, it was a bunch of moms and dads that didn't know anything about soccer, right? And, and now you don't have to be in an MLS academy to get good coaching, right? You guys are coaching. You guys grew up in the game. You know how to play the game and how to coach the game, right? We didn't have those types of people um, back when I was growing up. And so I think a, a lot of our youth are getting better coaching. They're, they're getting better opportunities. And that's what's leading to, you know, these, these guys growing up, um, you know, and we're developing pros at a younger age, catching up to Europe in that regard. Um, and, and the academies that the MLS teams do have are incredible. I mean, the facilities and, you know, the games that they're playing are higher level games. You know, there's so much more pressure on these kids. I do some mentoring because, you know, there's, there's so much more pressure on these 12, 13, 14 year old kids than there were when I was growing up, right? They've got these competition to play, to stay in these academies and, and they, they really feel that competition. Um, and a lot of that is great. Um, you know, some of it, it can be unhealthy for the young kids, but most of it is good and it helps them grow and uh, develop quicker. Uh, so, you know, for me, that's, that's the biggest change that I've seen. Okay. One more question. Um, I know you earlier, you said uh, Manchester United was uh, one of your favorite, you know, teams growing up. Do you have a favorite European team right now? Uh, honestly, I don't. Um, I, I think that even though I grew up a Man United fan, I'll say that when I turned pro, I played for Stevie Nichol. And Stevie Nichol is a Liverpool legend. <laughs> and so, like, we always watched Liverpool. And, and my roommate at the time was a huge Liverpool fan. So he kind of mm -hmm. brought me onto Liverpool. So now I, I enjoy watching Liverpool play and, and follow them. But mm -hmm. I'm not a big supporter of any particular team, even though I watch more European soccer now than I ever did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just like to watch the Americans or, or just the good games. And, you know, like today... I wasn't really rooting for anybody, um, mm -hmm. you know, just just watching the game to enjoy it. So, yeah, no, as crazy as that sounds, not really. I mean, I went through a time where I was supporting Tottenham just because Robbie Keane was there and I loved Robbie Keane. Mm -hmm. He's Irish, <laughs> I'm Irish. So it's like I've, I've kind of bounced around a little bit. No loyalty yeah. to anybody. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I just have one last quick question. Um, you've played all over. So I want to know your your favorite ex like experience, like your favorite atmosphere. Um, it could be home or away, and then the most hostile environment, more hostile atmosphere. Yeah, my favorite experience was the Olympics. Um, just the whole vibe of being there. It was awesome. What an experience uh, that was. Um, and, and definitely the most hostile environment was away to Costa Rica for a World Cup qualifier. It was wow. the loudest place mm. I've ever been um, and just wild absolutely wild um that was, it was nuts you, you couldn't hear the guy next to you i was on the bench i didn't even play uh you, you couldn't even talk to the guy next to you on the bench it was so loud um yeah it was incredible nice wow nice nice man yeah all right i gotta run here baseball practice is wrapping up here guys but uh yeah thank you I appreciate you guys having me on it was good to speak with you guys absolutely yeah, thank, sure. you thank, you. thank you for taking the time yeah thank you again michael appreciate, appreciate you, you. Yeah, no problem at all. Good luck to the crew here down the, down the stretch. Hopefully they can do something special again this year. Yeah, Hopefully. Yeah, I can't wait to see strong. that Rhode Island team, man. I'm going to keep my head up for 2024. Yeah, Good luck to right. you. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, right. yeah. Bye -bye. Thanks again, man.